Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence?
What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's the one and the only official party man. No. On your Hot 97, show sure enough, maybe one day. But no, it's the one the only Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? It's yours truly. And before we begin this lovely podcast, which I haven't been with you guys in quite some time, we, or myself, the owner, <clears throat> oh, soon to be, yeah. No, 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 the title remains. The owner 
that's ran this whole operation for six years would like to issue a statement on behalf of the well-being of Wrestle Radio Network as a whole. I, Brian Rails, would like to address the issue of Pizza Simpson, who will no longer be joining us at Wrestle Radio Network. We wish him the best of luck in future endeavors, and that things just didn't work out. And uh, let me get on with the show. So, right out the gate, you heard the Chicago-like pipe bomb from Dan Lambert. I mean, what's up with that? I'll tell you what's up with that. That was probably the best moment on that show other than, well, let me just get through my notes. Ah, yes. The blackout bomb on the barricade. Done by uh, a guy who's a bit sporadic, Lance Archer. Holy shit. Well, I'm not going to... uh, Let's see here. Should I save AEW for last? The answer to that question is... I'll go in the order that I so choose. So we're starting off talking about the one event that basically seemed to be not so good. The Royal Rumble. It was a 50-50, folks. I mean, not all of it was terrible. Kind of knew what they were gearing up for it happened in St. Louis. Yours truly is going to switch gears for a moment and say the following. Buckle up because you're about to join one hell of a ride. I promised you I would start with AEW and I'd end up talking about Royal Rumble, but I have to mention just one thing been a minute. It's been a minute. Since I've been able to gear myself towards discussing the Royal Rumble, discussing anything wrestling related because of the happenings that have been going on behind the scenes at Russell Radio Network. So allow me to gather my bearings and just tell you the following. I'm not going to ramble all over the place incoherently and go all over the joints. No, sir. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start with AEW, like I said. Then I'm going to do the Royal Rumble. Confused the hell out of all of you, didn't I, just now? So, allow me. To start by noting the good the bad, and the ugly when it comes to AEW. Okay, so really, starting out the night with Wheeler Yuta and Jon Moxley, I thought for sure that was going to be a squash match, but I'm not here to do a review, so (laughs) the good or bad or ugly 
of the night for AEW is going to start us simply like this. While I scratch my head in thought, Wheeler Yuta, Moxley, good, bad, ugly, um, that part deserves this moniker or this effect, really. My sentiment, my bad. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't until O'Brien Danielson came out. And let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Made it good. Oh, happy day. Because he proposed a trade-off, if you will. If you join me and help take down Hangman Page and the rest of the best friends or whatever, then I'll see about fighting with you, not against you. That's kind of an odd proposal. Um, Let's see here. And the best part of the night, in my opinion, was the Brandy Rhodes. Dan Lambert face-off. That was great. And it had the, well, Dan Lambert said what practically everyone in that locker room was thinking. And he covered it quite nicely in the beginning, the opening of the show. So, put her in her place, didn't he? Damn is right. He's right. The only face turn that fans will get behind is the job that she used to have, which was, you know, face down. I love how she played to the crowd. I love how Lambert, who's normally been hated by most of the AEW fan base, comes out in Chicago, and Chicago is literally chanting, shut the fuck up. A person which has no business being a CEO, you know, chief brand officer, that is a kind of a faux pas, if you ask me, considering Brandy Rhodes should be wrestling, not talking. He does have a point. He brings up a very, very valid point. All right. So with that being said, <clears throat> forward. The rest of the show, okay, there's some good, oh, happy day. That would be the tag team match with Penta and the Bastard Pac versus Malachi Black and Brody King. You want to talk about heating up the tag team division? Holy shit. I'll tell you, every time, every week that I watch Malachi Black getting involved with Iver Pac, or Penta Gold. It is Studio Gold. So not yeah, you know, not Studio Gold, but viewership gold because of the black mist and just how larger than live Malachi Black and Brody King look in the ring. And also let's see here. Behind the reference back, they didn't see it. Great. Um Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose. No, thank you. Though Vicky does her job in playing the role of ultra heel manager, getting involved in the match, costing Ruby Soho the match. I told you guys, um, 
not really that into that part of the women's division. I think they're a very good talent. I just think that uh, it was better than what an AEW normally presents to the audience. So, yeah. I'm sorry, but I mean, it's the honest to God truth. The AEW women's division starting to get a little better, but I mean, at this point, oops, <laughs> at this point, folks, that deserved a double damn because been saying it for a year and a half. Britt Baker, even though I believe she is totally overrated, is carrying the women's division. And Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho did put on a great match, but I know they're probably not going to like hearing this, but it was more or less along the lines of please pass, please pass the bowl. There. I said it. I said it. I'm not hesitating to basically be honest about, openly honest about a match that really didn't hold any precedent or relevancy in AEW. Sorry, you two. You're great, but mm, pass. Okay, so then we have Adam Cole and the Cutler Cam. This is genius. This is an oh, happy day. Good part of the show because it's showing you that Adam Cole has range. He's never not had range as a character in wrestling. So I thought it was funny. I thought it was great. So, oh, yeah. Let's go on. He's talking about facing Evil Uno in a couple weeks. Yada blah. Oh, yeah. A much rather forgettable moment when Jungle Boy got beat the shit out of by the gun club. Okay, moving on past that point when Luchasaurus and Christian came to save him, but it was too late out in the very cold-ass snow in Chicago. All right. Tony Schiavone's interview with Hangman Page. Oh, happy day. Like I said, the moment that Hangman Adam Page decided, okay, now it's time for me because I have a Texas death match next week on Dynamite. Which, okay, at this point in juncture, folks, AEW is slightly turning into uh, WCW because if they were smart, that match could have been saved for their pay-per-view in, you know, called Revolution. But I digress. Being serious, like they, they really at this point should be called, well, skip the copyright notice because it's owned by a certain someone. Okay, the blackout bomb happens after the fact that Jake the Snake Roberts, you know, is bull rushed completely by Lance Archer, and Lance Archer comes out, and Hangman Page and him are going at it, and then Lambert almost gets uh, waylaid by Hangman Page, and then the action spills out on the outside, and Hangman Page gets choke slammed on a set of steel steps. Nice touch. Gets up, takes the uh, 
um, blackout bomb on the barricade. On a steel barricade, which is very unforgiving, folks. Doesn't feel good. Okay. Then you see Jericho talking in the back about the problems of the inner circle. Not that I dislike Chris, but I just think that was kind of a snoozer moment. We all know the inner circle is about to crumble, and if they don't, this is the second time that AEW has a very similar story to the NWO Black and White, the NWO Wolfpack. And what do I mean by that? A group splitting apart into two separate factions, but keeping the same motif, same style, githic, you know, the group was built on. And that's divide and conquer? Question mark, question mark, what the fuck? Chris Jericho is very, uh, he brought up Eddie Kingston. And how Santana Ortiz began their careers with him and that he's owed an explanation as to why they didn't tag him in the match. Again, this spells out stealing storylines from 1998-1999. It's just a different time in a modern year of 2022, but I digress. Now that the sound effect has been played a million times, <clears throat> there was a video package for Rampage for Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy for the TNT Championship. The main event, CM Punk versus MJF. You want to talk about a really good match that tells you a story. This, ladies and gentlemen, is probably the other better half of AEW Dynamite. I firmly believe that that was probably part of the, oh, happy day. I'm so fucking happy that those two had a stellar match. It was very well paced. And then MJF put the sleeper hold on uh, CM Punk with a chain, a you know, a golden necklace chain or whatever wrapped around his fist and underneath the elbow pad the referee really couldn't see it and then Bryce Wimberg says start the match over I didn't see it blah 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 Punk is just the hell out of his knee and his arm you want to talk about somebody that understands the psychology of professional wrestling CM Punk is definitely the dude and so is MJF because I firmly believe that what you guys saw and I saw really projected what a wrestling match should be. It should tell you a simple story. Who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Yes, CM Punk sold two body parts and still managed to stand on two feet. Yes, he got pinned because Wardlow threw the ring into the ring. I didn't even see it, folks. This was fucking genius. Wardlow really quickly tosses the ring to MJF, who then knocks out CM Punk. One, two, three. It's the heat. Now we have ourselves a feud that's going to continuously build and build and build into the pay-per-view called Revolution. Okay. So, now I have my hands, basically, a shortened review for AEW. What was the good? What was the bad? What was the ugly? The good. MJF versus CM Punk. 
Oh, happy day. The bad, Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose, the beatdown, Billy Gunn and the Gun Club, uh, basically ganging up on Jungle Boy. Boring, 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 boring. The best moment of the night was Dan Lambert telling Brandy Rhodes where she can go and how she can get there. I think every, well, some some AEW employees may feel that I never really got the opportunity to present it in front of Brandy. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, thank you, thank you for saying it from locker room's perspective. I'm also saying it from the fans' perspective. Even JR got a kick out of that shit. And JR, he does voice expression while he's commentating, but during that particular moment, folks, you heard, I heard, even Brandy herself heard, she just cracked that you like smile. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Well done. Well done on both sides. Dan Lambert dropped a CM Punk-like pipe bomb in Chicago verbally towards, well, one of the peeps in charge, Brandy Rhodes. And it felt oh so good. So that's that. That does it for AE dubs. And allow me to spend the rest of my allotted time on the air to discuss where I was, what I did, and what the end results were. Okay? I went to the Royal Rumble in Lewis. I had not been to a Rumble since 2020, and that was in Houston, Texas. This year's Royal Rumble basically was a tale of two Rumbles. Essentially, it was the women's Rumble stealing the show, the men's Rumble not even creating a whimper. They were countdowns, there were Good moments, there were ooh-ah moments in the women's rumble, there was no ooh-ah moments in the men's rumble. That just shows you, you cannot predict what's going to happen at any Royal Rumble. The very beginning of the show, I didn't expect Seth Rollins to, uh, you know, basically pass out in his match with Roman Reigns. We all knew Roman was going to hold on to the championship, Although we would have loved to have seen the unpredictability that used to be WWE come into effect with Seth Rollins possibly taking the title from uh, Roman and going into WrestleMania as a champion, which would have been really kind of cool, if you ask me. But we were treated to another acknowledge me movement. And also, you know, I really, at this point, the other matches that were duly noted in the Royal Rumble or during the Royal Rumble, such as uh, the mixed intergender tag match between Beth Phoenix and Edge uh, versus The Miz and Maurice. Uh, Let's just put it this way. It was a fun match. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, You know, a double glam bomb. Great, but uh, I gotta say one thing. Maurice's outfit. Wanna live. I want to live, yes. In Los Angeles? Not quite. Well, good news. Okay. That one? Exit, please. Okay, folks. So we had a little technical difficulty. But as I was saying, Maurice's outfit. 
Um, can you say about to pop out? I mean, literally, it was so bad where it made you guys think to ourselves, wardrobe malfunction, Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl is not nearly as bad as uh, Maurice's, well, the girls were about to pop out, okay? And that, to me, was just like the effect that got overplayed tonight. So, maestro, if you would, please. Even the Miz was concerned about his woman's wardrobe before the match on Instagram. He grabbed her outfit and goes, okay, cool. This is going to be a real turn on during the match. It's going to be hard to focus in ring with you know what going on. But I digress. So, I mean, that match told a great story. Seth and Roman really wasn't that bad. The outcome just had a lot of booze and disappointment. You know, you could feel it. Um, okay, so the Women's Rumble was right after that. Kind of an odd place to have the Women's Rumble, but I get it. Surprise entrance. Okay, Ivory, didn't expect her. Melina, mm, saw that one coming, kind of. Mickey James was already thrown in the mix. Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, Lita, uh, Molly Holly, who didn't last very long. Um, I will say this. <clears throat> I'm not surprised that Ronda won the uh, Royal Rumble. And uh, though I shouldn't be, well, I'm going to say it. Mentioned to a certain somebody that I see Ronda Rousey coming and winning the Rumble. And Lesnar probably won the Rumble too. Boy, I should really quit joking around with these kind of predictions. I mean, even Lady Lynn, a former co-host of mine, would agree. I need to stop joking because most of my joking predictions come true should call me the jester of freaking podcasting when it comes to predictions, but, I mean, one would think that the Women's Royal Rumble outcome would not be, like, the biggest highlight of the entire night. No, no, no. After Rousey uh, won the champion, or won the uh, right to, you know, challenge whomever, after... The rumble was over. Yours truly was treated to uh, ooh, a little technical malfunction with the back of the WrestleMania star having a bit of a wire malfunction after the pyro went off. They had to evacuate our section. That's for, you know, a different segment of the show. I'll save it for later. But um, the men's rumble really didn't surprise anybody. I mean, when you have to pull... Shane McMahon's name out of the hat. That really deserves this this sentiment right here, okay? That was the ugliest part of the entire Royal Rumble. I would hope and pray that somebody pleads, begs, and beseeches and pleads to get somebody from Impact, somebody from GCW. Open your doors, please, because that was the most boring men's rumble in WWE history. Everyone was shocked that Lesnar come out. Come on, people. We knew it was coming the minute the screw job happened with 
Bobby Lashley, the match between Roman and Bobby Lashley. I'm not going in any particular order, folks. I was there. I spent four and a half, close to five hours on the floor level in America's Dome or whatever they call it now, America's Event Center. I don't care. I spent four and a half to five hours at that set event. And let me tell you, there was nothing special about that night except for the Women's Royal Rumble, which made it worth the drive from Kansas City to St. Louis. <clears throat> so, yeah, the bad ugly of Royal Rumble. Edge, Beth Phoenix versus Ms. Maurice. Oh, happy day. Bad. The bad. Well, just come out and say it, dude. The Men's Royal Rumble. Shane included himself because literally, practically nobody from Impact wanted to put their names in the fucking hat. I don't want to be part of fascism. I don't want to be part of something that I was originally a part of. Like, I guarantee you they walked up to Adam Scher once upon a time known as Braun Strowman and said, Hey, do you want to be a part of the Rumble? No. Even though... Omos was a part of it and basically destroyed half the fuckers in there. But anyways, I digress. The worst part of the Royal Rumble, it bears repeating a third time, was the men's Royal Rumble. So please bear with me, folks, because that means have... Well, the moment where you stop and think, was this really worth the drive or should I just go back to my house and watch on Peacock? WWE doesn't seem to really care because numbers don't lie, folks. I mean, when you have a 1.76 rating, actually it was probably a (laughs) 0.10 higher than that. You've got issues. Now, folks, a segment that is continued on Hot or Not, I'm going to list off names that I believe are in the driver's seat. So, allow me to list those names right here, right now. Right here, right now. Names that are in the driver's seat so far after Royal Rumble, and also this will include a list from AEW. So, list of names that are in the driver's seat. I believe we're going to start with a name that doesn't get mentioned because he's an underrated manager, and I really am starting to appreciate his verbal skills. Dan Lambert. Hot or not him. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. He's in the hot seat. Why? He just told off one of the higher ups in AEW. Also in the driver's seat, so it's the most underrated tag team that probably is going to get not go unnoticed. Malachi Black and Brody King, you two are blowing people's minds and creating, you know, a great argument as to why you should be in the tag team title picture. Oh, um, <laughs> BT does. 
I'm going to mention a few names. Now, despite the fact that I uh, mentioned him before, but I believe Chris Jericho kind of is teetering between driver's seat and not drive, not being in the driver's seat or in control. But, you know, at least his character's got some direction with the inner circle. Um, Sammy Guevara, really? Um, facing Isaiah Kennedy and Rampage for his TNT championship and not a bigger name, maybe like Moxley or, gee, I don't know, somebody that uh, will be worthy of taking that TNT championship from around his waist. Not only that, dude, I'm going to say not for Mr. Guevara. Even after that ladder match with Cody. So, does that conclude the list from AEW? No, sir. Not would be on the not list. Let's see here. The Gun Club. Jungle Boy. Uh, which is, yeah, let's see here. Uh, hmm, hmm. Nyla Rose. Ruby Soho, Brandy Rose, Paige Van Zandt. You guys are on the definite ice, ice baby list. Cold, not, not. Okay, so. If we can switch gears to WWE's hot and not, we're just going to mention the ins, the outs, the do's, the don'ts, no. We're going to mention the ends, which would be Roman Reigns, who's on a freaking tear, being the bad guy, getting everybody riled up every witch town that he comes through. Now, Paul Heyman also on that list is, you know, he's in the now. Streaking. Okay, Drew McIntyre is making his case, even though he's basically lined up with uh, Bad Cat Moss and, and Happy Corbin. It works, folks. It works. Those three I'm going to loop together in the hot list. Oh, happy day. Mm. All righty. So who else is on the hot list? It was kind of teeter-tottering, but Becky Lynch... I would definitely keep on the hot list because that's just my personal take on the matter. Um, She's always had a way about carrying herself verbally, carrying herself in ring. Despite what people say about the whole Bianca Belair situation, shut the fuck up. You really don't understand how that worked, or maybe you do and you still bitched about it, but that's a different story for a different segment. All right. Who's also in the driver's seat? Okay, Becky. Let's see. Charlotte. Rhonda. Who would be in the not so great list for WWE's current battles? And let's see here. That would be... I'm just going to list them off name-wise. Goldberg. Uh, Let's see here. Lesnar's kind of hard to put on this list, but he's going to be... Emmy Zane, Nakamura, Rick Boogs. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, let's see here. Austin Theory. So why do you not like what he's doing? It's because 
the whole let's kill the idea of a legend has been done before. It's called Chris Jericho did it with Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snooker, Ric Flair, and so on and so forth. And he ended up destroying those legends at WrestleMania. God rest their souls. Some of them. Anyways, <clears throat> those people that I just listed off. Oh, yes. Dewdrop also on that list for the not list. And the Usos and Naomi and Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce. Carmella, Zelina. You guys have ended up on the not list for Wrestle Radio Network. Not that it's a big crying shame, but I mean, the list can always change, folks. It's very wishy-washy, as Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson once said. It's a very fickle audience. Those people ended up on the not list. Okay, folks, now comes the point in the show where I get to do my damnedest or say the damnedest things, you know, where people either pay attention, tune out, or basically say, we've heard this whole spiel before from good old Brian Rails, but you really haven't. I'm going to basically incorporate a theme for tonight's Off the Rails, and that would be what I like, what I dislike, that's too easy. No, 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 no. See, what I'm going to do is basically tell you why I feel, or not why I feel, but what's the current scene in professional wrestling from my own two eyes. What's good, what's bad, what's ugly, what needs to change, what doesn't need to change. Oh, hell, you know what? Let's get this party started since um, I have... A whopping amount of time to say that, and I'm not going to take all the time. I promise you. I promise you all. So before I get started, <clears throat> the following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network profile, belongs to the owner Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All content is protected by U.S. international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved. Wrestling Radio Network Incorporated 2022. Also, the following content contains explicit language not suitable for minors under the age of 18. If you have minors under the age of 18 please put cotton balls in their ears because the language that will be actually uh, shot out of my mouth is basically not appropriate at all so please understand if I offend you I will not apologize because this is the show where I tell it like it is alright and I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only Host of a show that basically rips somebody a new asshole. So, uh, with that being said, without further ado, Maestro, can you please hit my music? <laughs> Look in my eyes. 
first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, on the eve of WrestleMania, which is, you know, where I'm headed as well, I'm back out doing things I love to do regarding professional wrestling, attending live events. No, not strictly just WWE. I intend to go to a wrestling revolver show. Also, folks, I intend to attend the GCW show, and I will have picture proof when it comes time. That being said, we've got a whole lot on the table right now. Ronda Rousey returning. Pipe bomb from Dan Lambert towards Brandy Rhodes. Rousey is picking her, her opponent at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas. Also, from that matter, um, <clears throat> Shane McMahon putting his name in the hat for the Royal Rumble this year because no one else decided to step up to the plate. They didn't want to touch this thing called WWE. So that gave them no alternative but to put a familiar name into the mix for the Royal Rumble. We're going to discuss that later. Um, the match decision or the Royal Rumble decision to change the outcome where Riddle would actually have won. I'm not going to spend too much time on that because it really, there's really a lot of questions already concerning the state of WWE, who is holding their pay per view elimination chamber in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. There's now features uh, Goldberg returning, which, bleh, why? So I've got a lot to discuss. And first and foremost, Ronda Rousey winning the Royal Rumble. Did it really do anything for It got people talking. It got ESPN attention. It got national sports attention. So the Women's Royal Rumble basically, outside of Rousey winning, was probably the most entertaining moment of the night in Royal Rumble. Um... Rousey on SmackDown decided to choose Charlotte Flair because she said, I owe a lot of people ass whoopings, and you're one of them. I really didn't want to sit and review SmackDown, folks, because I I did take notes on it. So um, Rousey showing up in Oklahoma City was a highlight. Oh, what else? Um, Other than... The Uso winning a, like what seems like a squash match and Roman Reigns acknowledging Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman acknowledging Roman Reigns, and then Goldberg coming out of the woodwork surprising the fuck out of everyone. Wow. And the night was kind of just like, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It was just, okay, here's Goldberg. And, um... I got to say, you know, I'm not going to overplay one sound effect, to say the least, but I will tell you this. SmackDown really just felt like pass the mic and let's have a match here, let's have a match there. New Day versus Lotharios. Los Lotharios, wow. You know, you guys actually put on a hell of a match. It was a lot of near falls and all that. I know I'm getting away from the discussion of the Royal Rumble just for a minute. But um, essentially what I'm trying to say, folks, outside of the SmackDown review that I just gave on a brief moment's notice, Ronda Rousey reappearing 
That's how I felt. Because despite what people say, I knew she was coming back. No, the fuck you didn't. A lot of people were speculating that she wasn't going to come back till after Royal Rumble. So they're going to fit into a scenario where Ronda Rousey was supposed to face Charlotte Flair. There was nothing leading up to that. I mean, it would have made sense for Ronda Rousey to face Becky Lynch, considering the fact that those two kind of left off on uh, a rivalry on its own before Ronda had her child. <clears throat> she said she owes a lot of people ass whoopings. Do I get the sense that WWE is going to use Ronda Rousey as a fulcrum to get them ratings so that she can win two championships? <gasps> Gasp. Shocker. She's at least trying to help the women's division because that women's division is kind of, not kind of, it's not bland, but Rousey brings star power. She brings an emphasis to the word ratings. The ratings are in the fucking toilet for WWE right now. And I do have valid proof of that right now. So let me see. Let's go to uh, the ratings poll, shall we? So, okay. According to Ringside News, according to multiple sources, according to Forbes, so I would trust their uh, whole thing about what's highly rated and what's not highly rated because it's the most trusted brand since when? Since ever. So we are looking at, let's see, WWE SmackDown ratings, okay? Let's take a look. Before this week. Or this week. Um... Ooh, okay, so it says Friday SmackDown drew a 0.64 rating in the key 18 to 49 demographic. This is 14.28% from the previous week's 0.56 rating. So that was on January the 21st. I'm just going to go off of that demographic because, well, let's see. Seth Rollins and Roman was probably a big draw. So um, let's see later. Uh, it says viewership for SmackDown's episode was down 5.7% from the same week in 2021 when Friday's 18 to 49 key demo rating was up 1.58 from the same week in 2021. So this is the viewership. Okay. Obviously, I hate pop-ups. But um, let's go back to what I just pulled up. According to Wrestling Incorporated, it says they're up from last week. The demographics, okay. So stay tuned for more ratings. So January 7th, basically had 2.271 million viewers. 2.174 on January 20 or January 14th. January 21st, 2.25. So they are. Maybe I lied. They are going up because they realize, well, Ronda Rousey may be on her way back. That was January 21st, the day before, actually, yeah, the day before the Rumble. Man, weeks are going by quick, folks, way too quick. So, in other words, maybe she's going to elevate the ratings. A lot of people disagree and say, no, AEW is doing 10 times better in ratings. I'm not going to pull up their numbers if I pull up a bunch of or statistics, that makes me what I was doing, or that presents me as what I was doing the prior years and just giving you all numbers and boring you to fucking tears. 
So basically, to conclude the whole Ronda Rousey talk, I believe it's going to be a benefit for WWE because I actually am drawn into what they're doing with her right now. Currently speaking, Ronda Rousey basically mouthing off to Charlotte Flair and um, tapping out Sonya Deville. It's actually kind of entertaining to me because the women's division was kind of listless if you just had Sonya Deville and Naomi feuding the entire fucking time on SmackDown. (sighs) Okay. To wrap this whole Rousey talk up, I'm going to say the following. It was a benefit that she showed up at Rumble because if she didn't show up at Rumble, things would have tanked even further. Because if you look at WWE, they're not doing terrible. They're not doing great. They're just kind of moseying on down, moseying on down with storylines of Brock Lesnar got screwed, and now he won the Rumble. And is going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yikes. Somebody please steer this ship elsewhere. They say Roman's going to be a very long-lasting champion. I can see that happening because I think Goldberg's going to actually, well, lose in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. If he does win, he's only going to hold that belt for a month. I guess that segues into my next segment. Why is Goldberg back? Oh, because somebody probably requested that he be involved during the show at Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, because it's very rare that they do shows overseas, and they've proven that point. I don't even know, folks, about the Elimination Chamber, but I'll watch. You know what I mean? I'm the the annoying optimist. Maybe this show will be different from the other shows in prior past is way better than what it was um, from the prior shows that have uh, entered Saudi Arabia so okay let's let's look at a few things for the men's side of the Royal Rumble they didn't have any big names at all no Diesel because his knees are shot shit no Scott Hall because his knees and his back are shot to shit. Three, nobody from Impact wanted to touch WWE with a 10-foot pole. Hell, you know it would be funnier if CM Punk was involved in that Royal Rumble. But literally, my point I'm trying to make is there was nothing big that happened in that Rumble except for a decision change in the back to not have Matt Riddle win the whole thing. Because... We don't know what happened. Did Riddle run his mouth? Was it a last-minute change? A lot of sources are saying, outside of Dave Meltzer, that it was a last-minute decision in the back to have Lesnar go into that rumble, and now he's going to Dallas, Texas, to face (laughs) the tribal chief himself for the Universal Championship, which, folks, if they go past the prediction sheet of well we're going to have Roman carry on that championship because The Rock if he would have shown up at the Rumble because we had heard we were hoping that they were trying to keep it on the low but no The Rock didn't never show up I don't know what the deciding factors for that decision making was but I was kind of hoping in the scenario for the men's Rumble was that The Rock entered at number 29 or 30 and ended up throwing somebody's ass over the top rope and us having a great main event, but that didn't happen. 
No, sir, it did not happen, and Lesnar ended up winning the Royal Rumble, and here we are, here I am, sitting here discussing with you the Eins and the Oogles, the Oggles, the Oos, the Oz, the Boos, the Fuck Yous, the moments of I wish I didn't have time to discuss with you, but now here I am discussing these points with you really don't feel the necessary need for Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar part two. Because we've all seen this song and dance, and somehow Seth Rollins going to find his way, weasel his way into a number one contendership, or somehow find a way to getting that championship, because that would be badass. Or are we going to be surprised at WrestleMania? Is there going to be any elements of surprise during the Roman Brock match? Honestly, folks, don't see WWE getting out of their comfort zone and giving us what we want. Because that's been this story for a very, very, very long time now. And the Men's Rumble didn't have any pizzazz, nothing, any umph to it, no excitement, just here we're going to throw Shane McMahon's name into the hat for the Royal Men's Royal Rumble, and then we're going to have Lesnar win the whole kitten caboodle. Yes, folks, I said kitten caboodle. Because they have to continue the boring-ass story between Lesnar and Roman, and I mean boring. There's nobody, in the, there's nobody left in the dressing room, or the locker room, my bad, that can stand up to Roman Reigns. So that leaves out Big E, that takes away Randy Orton, that takes away Matt Riddle. They haven't even involved that uh, giant dude, um, uh, Omos. Whatever happened to AJ Styles and why is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura constantly on the Intercontinental title reign? I couldn't answer these questions to save my life. But if you do have any questions, feel free to message us, Wrestle Radio Network, at Wrestle underscore radio or at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter or or you can message us directly at Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. All right, folks. Back to business. The men's rumble was a sham. The men's rumble was terrible. Let's just sum it up in one whole catchphrase that's probably predominantly made the whole night worthwhile, right? <clears throat> I mean, it was so monotonous, so terrible. No one understood why there was no big names. It just happened. The Royal men's Royal Rumble just was a time filler. Was it too terrible just to get up and leave? I didn't leave. I stayed there the whole dang thing. But I'm going to tell you what. It deserves the entire sequence of this sound effect. I'm going to tell you why. Maybe not the entire 55 seconds, but you get the gist. The men's rumble was not the greatest. Why was it not the greatest? I just went over the whole goddamn reason list. Why? I got to move on, okay? I'm not going to spend my whole night discussing why Lesnar and 
Roman Reigns for the umpteenth time is not the greatest of ideas. And please do not put it on the second card. Please make the first card worthwhile. And please get people involved that deserve to get involved in a title match for the Universal Championship. Please, I mean, it'll fall upon deaf ears, but you know what I mean, folks. You know what I mean. So, Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Just got a message from the new co-host. This is great. And he agrees with me. Now, there should be another filler, another name. We don't know. Give it someone expected, unexpected, doesn't matter. To face off with Roman in the main event at WrestleMania. Add some names to the hat. Please take some names out of the hat and add to, okay? Anyways. Let's move forward to another realm of professional wrestling. I'm so happy for a few people in AEW and a few people just, wow. There's not very much I can nitpick with AEW other than the fact that they're starting to look like, uh, I've said this before, their booking isn't exactly the best, but they do have moments through which the crowd actually gives a shit. That being said, the Dan Lambert pipe bomb in Chicago had me going, uh, hell, I know I overplayed one, so I'm just going to overplay the other. It has that sentiment because of what he said. <clears throat> he not only tore her apart, but like I said earlier... Dan Lambert basically said what was on every fan who has ever watched AEW from the time it's of its inception in 20, well, yeah, 2019. It's been up and running for business for three years and never once did Brandy Rhodes seem to get involved with uh, running the ship. You know, like coming out, cutting pointless, bland promos and actually... This one was not pointless and bland. It was bland, but Dan Lambert helped add spice to the meat on the grill, if you will. It helps things along to have a manager come out and verbally bash somebody because he... Okay, Dan Lambert basically ripping Brandy Rhodes, a new asshole, was the highlight of that fucking night. Second of all, there were tidbits that really were, I think, just to press along the time. I I enjoyed the Adam Cole and, uh, well, the moment. And I just got a message from a fan asking what was the name of the wrestling event that I said I was going to. It's Wrestling Revolver, Tanya. And, uh, Two, let me get back on track here. There were tidbits of AEW show that really didn't fucking matter. Like, oh, the gun, the gun club beat down a Jungle Boy. Didn't care. Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho was not terrible. It just kind of knew what was going to happen with Vicky Guerrero out at ringside helping along Nyla Rose. 
And essentially, the best moments of the night, Hangman Page begging for a brawl. God, man, I'm, I've never felt this in, you know, enthralled watching pro wrestling as the current day wrestling right now. But AEW must be doing something right. With Dan Lambert's pipe bomb, Hangman Page out of control, chaotic. Brian Danielson trying to plead his case to work together with Moxley, which we all know he ain't going to work together with Brian Danielson, or he might shock the shit out of us and actually work together with him. Um, but back to the main meat and potatoes of this discussion. Dan Lambert's pipe bomb actually helped me think, wow, if a podcast didn't already say it, Somebody said the words for us. Thank you, Lambert. Thank you, Lambert. There are certain things in professional wrestling that should never be done. If you are partaking as a corporate role and also trying to become, you know, or immerse yourself also as one of the boys, one of the gals, whatever, you walk the fine line. Between what's already been done And that's Dixie Carter TNA Impact um, Well who else Oh yes Vince McMahon during the Attitude Era It's already been done But now fans are eating it up Because Dan Lambert had to add fuel to the fire I don't know what Paige Van Zandt and Brandy Rhodes Is going to do for us all But I, I do want to say thank you Dan You are amazing when it comes to mic skills, too. I just love the fact that he went completely unhinged and didn't get in trouble for it. I don't know if he did, but it was great. It was one hell of a work, man. Good job. Oh, and lastly, what was I going to discuss with you? Oh, yes. So I went to the Royal Rumble this year. I went to a signing for The Miz. I woke up at the butt crack of dawn, got me a nice little souvenir that's been shown on the Facebook and the Instagram. <clears throat> I got pictures with The Miz. What else did I do? Oh, yeah. I spent my time in a hotel that didn't have very good water pressure in their shower. They didn't have a microwave refrigerator. You know what was important? I got to sleep and eat, wake up, watch professional wrestling, and enjoy the rest of my fucking time. But I will tell you this. If there's anything I've learned from past Royal Rumbles that I've attended, it's get up. Thank God for your blessings. And uh, don't look back, because if you look back, then... uh, Shit, it's just going to hit the fan. I'm not going to sit here and tell you all the gist of what happened between me and Pizza Simpson. All I'm going to tell you all is don't let somebody try and control your emotions. You are all in control of you. If somebody tries to suggest change, be open for it. When somebody tries to come along and say things that were not even spoken, not even said by me. So, in other words, slander was involved and also 
there was a lot of personal things that were going on, like the death of my grandfather. My aunt had a shunt put in her brain. I'm dealing with a lot. So Rumble felt like a great idea to get my mind off of work, off of the bullshit that I've been dealing with mentally. And you know what? It felt good to get out. It felt good to get out of the hotel, go do something, constantly be out, spending very little time at the hotel, and just going out and doing my thing. You know, I I met up with the Buffet Club and uh, Dan Marsh, uh, Thomas Pacheo, Michael Safakis, Joseph, uh, former co-host of my show, is so glad to see me. How's it doing? How you know? How's it going? Just want to thank you guys for uh, spending time and conversing with me at a at the slice or whatever it's called in St. Louis, and we talked about wrestling. Had a great time. So, anyways, yeah, been going through a lot, folks. I've been trying to keep it real with you. I'm gonna have guests on my show because for seven fucking months, no guests on the show. It just felt like a conversation between two people. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just mediocre. I want better than mediocre for Wrestle Radio Network. It's going to be a long journey to get that shit going. It's going to be a lot of work in the making of the rebirth of Wrestle Radio Network because let me tell you something. I worked my ass off just to get to show up and running again. It takes a lot of preparing, a lot of behind-the-scenes work to get the show set up. Name it. But what's really the focus is a new beginning. This is 2022. I'm not looking back on the seven months that I spent with Pizza Simpson. I'm merely letting out and reflecting upon what was a blessing but also a curse. Never let anybody tell you who you are, what you're about. They don't, they as in outside critics, they as in people who doubt me or doubt you. <clears throat> don't let anybody control how you feel. Be your own person. Stand with conviction. Do your own thing. Because why? Better to be happy than to fake it, than to fake being on board with uh, the idealism that everything's fine when it's not. So in other words, I would like to give thanks for some of the things that my former co-host did for me, but also like to point out, you can't tell someone how to feel, you can't tell someone how their emotions should feel their range and everything what they're about when you barely fuck know me dude before I move on before I move any further with any other episode I'm going to formally announce that there's a familiar voice coming back to Wrestle Radio Network I will announce it this Wednesday on just who in the hell that is. There will be 
be guests on this show. There will be direction for the show. There will be structure. There will be a clear mission, not only to present professional wrestling, but let me tell you something. Wrestle Radio Network is not going to fail in one year. Wrestle Radio Network will still be standing. Wrestle Radio Network will flourish on all social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And <laughs> believe me when I tell you this, if you think that this is just the tip of the iceberg, you guys are in for a treat. Bringing back familiar voices. Let's see, guests on the show. Oh, yes, and having a damn good time. Wrestle Radio Network's mission has always been to present to an audience the realisms of professional wrestling, the expressionisms, you know, like what we like, what we dislike, not the only motif that we're all about. Wrestle Radio Network is a platform for not only the host and co-host, but also the wrestlers, managers, referees that come onto this show. It's not just a conversation between two human beings. For the love of fuck's sakes, man, I can easily have a wrestling conversation with the former co-host of this show, Lady Lynn, B-Rock, uh, well, even the former owner of this show. What I'm getting at is the direction of Wrestle Radio Network is not south. It's only up from here. And for all the haters that think that this is going to fail, the best way I can prove this... Oh, wait a minute. I got a text message, but the only way I can prove this is basically uh, do my best, keep my nose to the grind, and basically that's all I'm going to tell you. If you don't like what you hear, you can easily tune into a different podcast. I'm not like every other show. Oh, no, sir. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Yes, I do ramble. But this time around, I have structure and I have points I got to cover. And yes, I overplayed a sound effect, but that's not my fault. I've been a little show rusty, so when you uh, listen back, you'll say, what the fuck was he talking about? Or, yeah, I see where he's coming from. And for those of you who haven't tuned in, let me allow you to say this the following. Pro wrestling isn't the same, obviously. It's taken on a whole new ball game. Social media, um, t-shirt-wise, promotion-wise. Pro wrestling as a whole, it's different. And you'll get to hear a lot of that from me and others who see it that way. Some people may be stuck with WWE. Some people may be stuck on AEW. I don't give a fuck. Wrestling, to me, is basically... Guys and gals beating the hell out of each other, but sharing a common brother and sister, and that's the love of professional wrestling, the common uh, like and you know passion for professional wrestling. So if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say tonight, and I got three choice words for you. Forget about it and tune in this Wednesday because the co-host may or may not be joining me, but I'll still ride solo and I will ride it. Till my dying breath, I don't care if I'm 102 years old, Wrestle Radio, Wrestle Radio Network will still be up and running. Join us this Wednesday. You can download the episode for free on iTunes, and be sure to catch it on the link on Facebook, all right? Maestro, carry us on out.
ठीक है 